On today's show, I'm going to give you my blueprint to a perfect offseason for the New York Mets. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, breaking down my off-season outlook for the Mets in the first segment. I'll be touching on the pitching, particularly the starting rotation second segment, We'll get into the bullpen a little bit, but really I want to focus in on how much can the Mets trust their young players when it comes to their starting lineup next year, and how much do they have to address that roster through free agency, which will then bleed into the final segment as we look at DH and even the corner outfield spot a little bit further, and just where can the Mets add some bats from that market. Before we get to any of it, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on X at Finkelstein Ryan. You also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at JaceMedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical.com. Now, I wrote an article. Uh, called the uh, New York Mets offseason outlook for free agency in 2023 and 2024 for just baseball, which I've been teasing on this show for days now. Now we finally get into it, right? What is the blueprint? What do the Mets have to do this offseason to take themselves and end up right back in contention next year? When you look through the article that I wrote, which I will put in the episode description today, I broke it down by position. So starting pitching, bullpen, infield, outfield, catcher, DH. Starting pitching, I let off with because that's the most important thing this offseason. Their only impending free agent is Carlos Carrasco, and they have internal options of Kodai Senga, Jose Quintana, David Peterson, Tyler McGill, Joey Lucchese, and Jose Budo. The first two names there with Senga Quintana are guys that will be in the rotation. The last four pitch well enough down the stretch that you can go into camp with them in competition for that fifth starter spot, and I think you're okay. One of them will grab it, especially when you still have Mike Vassell who finished the year in AAA, and Christian Scott, who I am really high on, who I think at this point is right there with Blade Taylor as being the best pitching prospect in this organization. His strikeout to walk rate, uh, I think I put this in the article. Let me see if I did actually. Yeah, strikeout to walk rate in AA was 9-1. to I couldn't remember if it was 6-1 to or 9-1. to It was 9-1. to in his starts in double A really effective working and attacking in the zone. So I like Scott to potentially make starts next year. So when you look at what they have to add, they got to add two pitchers. Who do they have to replace? It's Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. This is why we've been having this conversation sort of over and over again at various times since they traded those guys. How do they move forward? How do they contend again? They need to replace them. They, they You want to be in a position where if everything breaks right, Jose Quintana is your four starter in the postseason next year. Now we're seeing a lot of teams make their way through the playoffs and particularly the two teams in the world series with only three quality starters. I mean, the Rangers made it through most of the run with two 
really the whole way with two because Max Scherzer hasn't really shown up yet for them. So it's not a definite that you need four, but again, that would be the hope, right? That Quintana could be your number four. So you have to add two starters. And what they did by trading Scherzer and Verlander is they obviously pulled them from the 2024 rotation, but they cleared a lot of money. Yes, they ate a lot of money, but what the, the breakdown of that was they ate all the money remaining this year, which was dead money to them anyway. And then they ate down their contracts for next season where they saved $45 million on their books between the two of them. Each of them is getting paid $22.5 million by their new teams next year, and the Mets are covering the rest of it. So with $45 million, you can absolutely go into free agency and add two starting pitchers. At the caliber of Scherzer and Verlander, maybe not. But then again, what is Scherzer moving forward? If Scherzer is going to pitch to an ERA over four next year, which, hey, that's what he pitched to with the Mets, you could probably find that guy for $15 million. And for the remaining 30, you could find yourself an ace. You probably don't even need all that. The guy that I have been discussing a ton lately is Yoshinobu Yamamoto. To me, that's the clear-cut answer. That's the ace you go for. That's you, the guy you put all the eggs in that basket and you hope he accepts your contract offer and you pair him with Kodai Senga and you roll from there. So if you got Yamamoto, then the question is, who's the other guy? If you're willing to spend more than that $45 million, you can make the trade that I've discussed on this show, did a whole podcast about, which is acquiring Tyler Glass now. Because I think the prospect capital that you'll have to give up to get glass now is significantly less than what you'd have to give up to get a Corbin Burns and maybe even a Shane Bieber. Now, maybe not significantly less than Bieber, but less because he's owed so much money and he's a huge injury risk. I don't know how many teams are really going to be ready to go out and, you know, acquire glass now and take on that money for a one year deal. So I think those are, in the two markets, the top options. If you strike on a Yamamoto, to me, it makes it more important to try to trade for a guy like Glass now or a Bieber or a Burns, but I think Burns might stay put. I really do. Now, beyond that, if you're looking at this starting pitching market, you know the top of the market, Aaron Nola, Jordan Montgomery, are the other free agent starters that interest me outside of Yamamoto. Eduardo Rodriguez, to a lesser extent, but... As the second guy you add, I'd love Erod. Uh, you know, Sonny Gray, I just don't know if he's going to pitch in New York again. Blake Snell, I don't really love the fit. I think he's going to stay on the West Coast. Marcus Stroman, he's not coming back to the Mets. I don't think either side wants a reunion in, in that um, discussion there. Then you get into you know that other tier of free agents. You know, the Lucas Giolito bounce back. You know, betting on a Tyler Molly or a Frankie Montas to be able to come off injury. He and Jin Ryu showed some good stuff and, and some limited work down the stretch coming off Tommy John. What does he look like? Michael Lorenzen. Those are options that aren't necessarily any better than Quintana. But if you got Yamamoto, I'd be okay with the Mets settling on one of those types of arms and just sort of banking on maybe their prospects. Somebody can establish themselves in the top three or four in the rotation by the end of the season. Or you're just sort of buying yourself time, right? You're 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 waiting to see where you're going to be at. And if you need another start at the deadline, maybe that's when you push the prospect capital in. 
You know, that there is a, a definite argument for that where maybe the Mets, if they get Yamamoto, they say, you know, we're just going to bring in Lucas Giolito on a one year prove it deal, see what happens. Hey, if he's awesome, works out for us. If he's not, all right, well, you relegate him and then you figure out what to do at the deadline if you're in the hunt. Because again, they have a lot of options with the depth in the upper levels of their minor leagues and then the Peterson, McGill, Lucchese, Budo, Quartet. So while the Mets need starting pitching, I don't think they're in complete dire need to go out and get three starters this offseason. I think it's two, and the hope is that you get one really good one. And if they get two really good ones, well, then, again, we're going to be looking at this team as, as someone that did so much on paper that they can contend next season. Um, when it comes to the bullpen, I didn't write much on it in the article. They have to overhaul it. I'll, I'll touch on that a bit in the next segment. Uh, but really what we're going to focus on coming up here is how much do you trust the influx of young talent? How much do you trust the prospects to fill those positions? And how much do you have to lean on free agency you know, to sort of hedge against the prospects if you want to contend next year? We'll get to that in just a minute. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world today. That's why it's important to be prepared. Whether supply chain shortages for medication take place or you're not able to get medications due to a natural disaster, or you're traveling abroad, you could be left unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case, providing five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to Licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Jace was doctor created and it's doctor recommended. You can now customize your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications and you can even add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. My wife and I, we got a Jace case just so we could always be prepared, whether we're traveling or whether we're just at home and something comes up. It's just good to know you have that safety blanket. If you want to tr- get one today, go to jacemedical.com and enter the code locked on at checkout for $20 off on your order. That's promo code locked on at jacemedical, J A S E medical.com. Now, if you have any questions about this offseason outlook, again, you can read the full thing in the episode description. But if you want to talk to me personally about it, become a Locked On Mets insider. You can find the link in the episode description or you can go to subtext.com slash Locked On Mets. And there you can have a one-on-one conversation with me via text. You can get text updates about the show, about the team. Anytime a rumor comes up, you might find a text update for me, giving my two cents on it. It's really been a fun way to engage with the everydayers that tune in all the time. So I appreciate all of you who want to become Locked On Mets insiders. Again, you can find a link in the episode description, or you can go to subtext.com. That's Locked On Mets. As I alluded to, we'll touch on the bullpen briefly. You look at what the Mets have for internal options. In the article, I listed Edwin Diaz, Adam Adovino, Brooks Raley, Drew Smith, and Trevor Gott. And... You know, if you go back to my DFA episode, I also said that I would not even be mad if the Mets DFA Drew Smith and Trevor got. The bottom line here is you know, David Stearns has work cut out for him. He's got to build a good bullpen, but he has done that routinely in the past with the Brewers. 
if Adam Adovino picks up his player option, which is not a guarantee, but I would expect it because I don't think he's going to make more in the market. That gives you one high leverage arm to go along with Diaz. Brooks Raley is a club option at six and a half million. The Mets should pick that up. And then you just got to go out and find some arms. So it, it was too much digging for me to actually you know, come up with names because, I mean, there's a million relievers that are available every free agent period. And which ones are going to interest David Stern's front office in particular? It's too hard to tell. So the Mets got to add arms, but luckily they have a closer. So they don't necessarily need to get a closer type. They just got to get guys that can pitch and leverage. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how they ultimately fill that out. But really, I think the big dilemma for this front office and what they have to nail more than anything is knowing what's in-house. That relates to the starting pitching with the guys in the upper levels of the minor leagues. That even relates to the bullpen to a certain extent. And particularly that relates to their lineup because you look at the infield in particular, right? You know, you got Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor. That's set in stone, first base shortstop. Second base, you have Jeff McNeil if you wanted to be your everyday second baseman. Third base, there's a question mark. And then when you look at the talent that's coming up, you see coverage at second base. So Brett Beatty, at this point, if I had to make a prediction, he'd be your opening day third baseman. But Ronnie Mauricio could also grab that job from him. And Beatty did not do enough to solidify his spot. But I still think that with where this franchise is, you need to give Beatty that opportunity to have the job at third base. Now, as we'll get into the next segment, when it comes to a DH, maybe it makes sense to get a DH that can play a little third base just in case. So that that person could be your DH or push comes to shove, maybe you do make a move there. But again, I, I think Beatty, Mauricio, and also Mark Vientos you know, could get some time at third base. I, I don't think he could play there regularly, but could he platoon with Beatty, so to speak, where he's getting some run against left-handed pitching as a starting third baseman? I think you could do that. Now, Mauricio could be your starting second baseman, and Jeff McNeil can be moved out to the outfield. Also, you have Luis and Helicuña, who I think has a chance to be up at some point this season. I think closer towards, you know, the deadline time or maybe June than you know April or May, but it could happen. And he could be your starting second baseman. He also gives you coverage at short. The Mets have a decision to make on Louis Guillaume, whether or not to tender him a contract. We'll probably spend a little more time on that specifically um, at, at a later date on a full episode. Not just entirely Guillaume, it'll probably be a combination of Guillaume, LaCastro, uh, DJ Stewart, Vogelback. I mean, I, I touched on them in the full non-tender episode, but I think they deserve some further elaboration on those decisions because they're really interesting for this roster. But they can keep them, and they have a backup utility infielder. They also could non-tender them, and Jeremiah Jackson can fill those shoes. He is a the prospect they got back in the Dominic Leone trade. Uh, former shortstop still can play the position, but has been moving around and you know, has played everywhere but first base, really, um, and catcher. I mean, he long time at short, second, third, left, right, center this year. So he has that ability. He showed some pop when he got to Binghamton after the trade. I, I think he's a nice long-term piece on the 40-man roster. They got to add him to protect him from the Rule 5 draft. I, I think he's going to be able to actually help this team for years to come potentially as that bench type guy. I don't think he ever ascends to be a starter, but as someone that can play a lot of positions and provide a little pop off the bench and, and some athleticism, I like him a lot. So I, I think they really are set with their infielders. I did note one in the article, one free agent 
that I could see David Stearns being interested in, and it's because David Stearns' teams in the past have been really good defensively. And Matt Chapman is a really good defensive third baseman. So if he was in love with the defense, I could see them at signing Chapman and then packaging Beatty, maybe even Beatty and Mauricio in a trade to get a really good arm. Let's say the Corbin Burns thing popped up and you actually could get in the mix for a guy like that. I'd hate to trade Beatty for a guy that only has one year of control, but I'm just, you know, maybe it's Dylan Cease. Okay, whatever it is. There is a world where those transactions would make sense. I just don't think that this is the team that's a Matt Chapman away. I think Matt Chapman in this market that doesn't have a lot of talent is going to get really overpaid by somebody, and I hope that's not the Mets. So I mentioned him just because in some ways it's a fit, but I really don't like it overall, particularly when you have so many infielders between the guys I mentioned. And I don't even think I've said the, the name Jet Williams yet. Jet Williams was 19 in AA this year, and he says his goal to debut next season. Last time we heard a teenager, or I guess at that point just a uh, before 21-year-old, I think it was Alvarez at 20, make a claim in spring training that he was going to make the, the MLB roster at some point. We laughed it off, and then he went out and did it. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if Jet Williams came up and he could play some second. He could, in a pinch, play third. He is a shortstop. More likely to see him second base center field. Outfield, okay? I, I think the Mets are in an interesting spot. Uh, when it comes to their outfield and their DA situation, this is where I think free agency becomes an avenue that really has to be explored. I think in the infield, because they have so many options, if Beatty doesn't work, you plug Mauricio in. Mauricio doesn't work. Maybe Vientos. If those guys don't work, I don't know. Maybe it's Jeremiah Jackson or you're playing Giorme at third because he's actually having a good like, – there's just there's a lot of different ways the Mets can go about their infield where they have so much coverage. The outfield, if you look at this roster right now, when it comes to their outfielders, it's almost just Brandon Nimmo and Starling Marte that are guaranteed to be on the team. Now, Jeff McNeil, you put him in the outfield as well. He, he kind of fits both spots. And I think he's probably going to play more time in the grass, out in the outfield next year than in the infield. That That's my gut reaction to it. Because I think there's every chance that by opening day, it's Beatty at third and Mauricio at second as they finish the season with that alignment. The questions come in internally with DJ Stewart and Tim LaCastro. And then externally, what type of free agent are you targeting to come in here? Are you looking for a starter? Are you looking for a fourth outfielder that can play all three positions? Are you looking for someone that can do what DJ Stewart might provide, bringing power, but a more established big leaguer to do that? I have a lot on this, so we're going to spend more time on it next as well as looking at the DH situation and the catcher situation. Before we get to that, though, today's episode is brought to you by Ibada. Turkey is great, but we all know the best part of a Thanksgiving dinner is those side dishes. With Ibada, you can make sure that your whole family's favorite side dishes are on the Thanksgiving table, all while getting yourself cash back. Starting November 1st, for the fourth year in a row, Ibada is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Abad is going to give you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Other apps, they give you points that don't amount to much. With Abada, you get real cash back and you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. 
Download the Ibotta app now and use the code MLB to get a 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use the code MLB. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store. Use the code MLB. you're watching on youtube do me a favor and hit that subscribe button we're making the push to try to get to 10,000 subs on youtube so i really appreciate all of you who come along for the ride and hit that subscribe now looking at the outfield situation as i just alluded to in the last segment it's brandon nemo it's stalling Marte, and jeff mcneil and then i don't know and stalling Marte comes with his own question marks had the double groin surgery prior to this season Ended up going back on the IL because of lingering effects of that and still just not being 100% himself. He had a 200-point drop in OPS this year. Starling Marte is a puzzle for this team moving forward. They have him for two more years. Yeah, he could be great. He could be 2022 All-Star again. Or he could be this guy that was you know unplayable yet in the lineup every day, killing you. So I don't know what they do, and I think the issue with that is trying to find coverage for him. So... That's why I think the Mets should tender DJ Stewart a contract because it's going to be cheap. You don't have to worry about getting him to agree to a role. Uh, if you go into free agency, you're going to have to try to find someone and not only just sell them on the money you're going to give them, guys want to play. You know, Guys don't want to just come to a team and wither on the bench. They want an opportunity to get into the lineup, and that's a big part of negotiations is how much am I going to play for your team? DJ Stewart, you just tender him a contract, and then you have a backup plan. You have an option that... Showed he can hit home runs. He had, what, 27 home runs? A little over 100 games between AAA and the big leagues. One of four guys, I think, on the Mets that finished the season with an OPS over 800. It was Nimmo, Lindor, Alonzo, and Stewart. And then, you know, Tommy Pham, but he got traded. So I, I think Stewart should be tendered a contract. Tim LeCastro, I think you non-tender him, likely. Um, and you find someone else that fits that build of a speedster, uh, fourth outfielder that you can maybe get on a minor league deal, or you could just go out and sign someone that's a little more dependable. Michael Taylor would be a great fit for the Mets. He's just sneakily turned himself into a really solid above average player. He could start in center for you. Um, whenever you need to give Nimmo a blow, you can slide Nimmo to left. You can put Nimmo at DH for a day. He can you know, play good, right, good left. And he's, you know, able to run into 10, 15 home runs. They sure might have like 17 homers for the Twins. He was really good because guess what? Byron Buxton wasn't playing center. And all of a sudden, Michael Taylor had a bigger role. Uh, so I like Taylor a lot. Harrison Bader. There's the Pete Alonso uh, University of Florida connection. He obviously played with the Yankees. I feel like he's going to want to go somewhere where he's guaranteed a, an opportunity to start. Um, so I don't know if that's with the Mets, but he, he does provide something when it comes to that. Ability to play center field. Adam Duvall, if you can get him to come aboard and basically, you know, maybe you tell him he's the starting left fielder, but you have coverage because uh, he can play some center, that would be a nice fit for the Mets. And again, you know, Duvall can slide to right field if Marte went down too. Jeff McNeil also had strangely like ridiculous offensive numbers this season when he started in right. I don't know if that's anything that would continue to translate next year. It's probably just a luck thing or a coincidence thing, I guess I should say. 
but I do think that McNeil gives you some insurance in right field on Marte as well. Other free agents, I don't see Cody Bellinger signing with the Mets. I think that they're in a position where you should be shopping for one-year deals because coming up the pipeline, you got Drew Gilbert, who theoretically could be up as soon as next season. He had a really great performance after getting traded in the Justin Verlander deal and, and really dominated in double-A for the Mets and you know, has every chance to, to go out next year, probably starts in double-A, could get an aggressive promotion to triple to start the year even. And yeah, he might be up. So I wouldn't be looking long-term in the outfield. So that takes Cody Bellinger off the list. I think that takes Teoscar Hernandez off the list. Um, I wonder if Jock Peterson's in the position where he's looking for a three-year deal at this stage of his career, or at least a two-year deal. Michael Conforto, is he looking for another multi-year deal? Or is he sort of amenable to signing a one-year at a high number? If he opts out of that contract, I think it's probably because he wants years, though. It's what you would expect. And because it's such a free, uh, a weak free agent class, then maybe he thinks he can go out and get a three-year deal. Of course, as a huge Conforto supporter, I love the message of sign to a three-year deal and figure it out. Um, because I think Michael Conforto would be a very good hedge on Marte. But again, if he's looking for years, I don't see it. Um, and that's me just making an exception to my one rule because I love Conforto. I'm just being honest with my bias. So I don't think that happens. Mark Hanna, if he gets uh, that club option decline, coming back to start in left field again, be a great, great fit. Tommy Pham coming back again, can't rule it out. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., really good run with the Diamondbacks. I think he's going to get overpaid, though, um, off of that. He's going to get a lot of years. I don't necessarily think that fits for the Mets. Michael Brantley is an interesting fit as a DH is what I'd want Michael Brantley to do, but he can go out and play left field if you need him to. So I like that. I like guys that could play a position but could also hit enough to be the DH. So when it comes to outfielders of that caliber, I look at Jock Peterson. If he's willing to sign just like a two-year deal, maybe you're okay with it. Conforto to a certain extent if it's a two-year deal as well. Tommy Pham, Michael Brantley, Adam Duvall sort of fit that type of outfield free agent that I'd like. Michael Taylor, he would be the fourth outfielder type, but a really high-end one. So those are some of the free agents I like when it comes to outfielders. Now, catcher DH. Catchers in this article because I addressed every position, but the Mets don't have to address this position. They have Francisco Alvarez. He's their starting catcher. There's no doubt about that. Omar Nervais is a player option. I don't think he's going to get anything better on the market for, so I imagine he's going to exercise that player option, take the seven or seven. I think it's... It's either seven or seven and a half. I think it was a two-year, $15 million deal. Maybe he got uh, eight this year, and I think it's a $7 million option. But again, he's not going to beat that, so he'll come on back. Tomas Nito's in a weird situation where he was DFA'd, but he passed the waivers and and got uh, assigned to AAA, but he's still under contract, so I'm not entirely sure how that works. Can he remain on your team as a $2 million minor league player, Um, or do you have to add him to the 40? I'm not entirely sure. But the Mets aren't adding a, a catcher this offseason. If they do, it's signing someone like Michael Perez, who they just outrighted on waivers um, because you know they didn't need to keep him as a 40-man roster guy. I should note that I don't think I ever did address that on the show. So the Mets did outright six guys. None of them were very significant. It was uh, Michael Perez, Jonathan Arauz, Danny Mendick, Rafael Ortega, uh, and then two pitchers, Vinny Nidalee or something, and there was one other guy. It, it honestly, it doesn't matter. 
guys that were just cleared off to, to move some 40 man roster spots. Let's get to the DH part of this conversation, because this is, I think where you have to sort of set your expectations for the 2024 Mets. If they go out and get a DH, it means they're trying to win. It means that they're not all in on just letting their guys develop because they could say, Hey, Mark Vientos is a high upside bat. Let's give him the keys to DH to start the season and see what happens. And I don't think that's a bad strategy. I think if I'm running the team, that's probably what I would do. Um, you know, I get someone that can start in the outfield and be a DH and offset it, or you sign Justin Turner because Justin Turner, which would be an incredible full circle story. And I'm sure if it happens, he'd finally suck again. If he came back to the Mets, I will grab that real estate early. If Turner comes back, he'll be bad, but everything that he's shown us on a baseball field over the last decade is he's not going to be bad. And so with that, you could sign Justin Turner. I don't know if he's interested. Maybe David Stearns could convince him. Come in. He'd be your DH. But hey, if Brett Beatty is terrible to start the year, you can slide him to third. And if Mark Fiantos is hitting, then it gives you that flexibility. So I like these free agents where that is an option. Um, you know, J.D. Martinez as a DH bat, that's just a DH bat. Now, I like that as an option. I think J.D. Martinez would be a great fit on the Mets, and it would show you that the Mets are really going for it this year. And, hey, Mark Vientos, if you need him, at some point he's going to be able to, to help the team. If Mark Vientos is just upset in AAA next year, sometimes baseball is a cruel business. And maybe that's the best thing for the team. So we'll see. Other DH options, obviously, Shoyo Otani is a conversation that we've had, and it's one to itself that you set off to the side. If it happens, well, the entire context of your team changes because you're building around Shohei Otani. So, of course, the Mets sign him amazing, but that's not really uh, you know, part of a realistic exercise we're trying to do today about how you build out your team. Jorge Soler had a really good season with the Marlins. He's an option. He would also be a guy that, in a pinch, you can stick out in left field. So I, I like Soler because of that. I more would want him to be the DH, but again, I, I just like the ability. To, to go out in the field. One of our locked on Mets insiders was texting me about this today. I totally agree with him. Like that's, that's what you want. You want someone that can DH, but doesn't necessarily have to be the DH, which is where maybe Jada Martinez is a little less attractive. But I think the bat's good enough that I'd still be all in on it. Um, Brandon belt is another option. His position's first base, but we just saw him have a lot of success with the blue Jays as a sort of platoon partner for Vladimir Guerrero jr. Not that they're ever pulling Flatty out of the lineup, but it gave them the ability to DH Flatty sometimes and put Belt at first base, or they just DH Belt. So I, I like that little Pete Alonso insurance, a guy that just has raked for the last couple of years, really. When he's been on the field, he's been very good. Did I mention Daniel Vogelback? I don't know if I did. I've said it before. I'll say it again. The Mets should cut him, non-tender him, um, and clear that roster spot. But to sort of zoom out again and look at all of the needs and the blueprint that I just laid that will be, of course, spending a lot more time over the coming weeks and potentially months as free agency begins and drags on um, going through a lot of these individual, uh, you know, issues in a more you know microscopic lens, really diving deep into, you know, what do they do with Guillaume, uh, you know, Stewart and La Castro, you know, who's the most worth rostering of those three. And, and we'll, we'll, do all that type of stuff. But looking at what they have to do, they got to add two starting pitchers. And ideally, they get one of Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Aaron Nola, or Jordan Montgomery in free agency. If they get Montgomery, I'd still want 
you know, a, a really nice other option with him. He has shown a ton this playoff run, but he doesn't have the same track record as Nola. Uh, so those are the three free agents that I think could fill the the top starting pitcher um, acquisition. Tyler Glass now, Burns, Bieber, those are guys that can fill the trade market you know, type uh, of that um, need for the Mets. But it's adding two starting pitchers, um, hopefully one high-end guy, and at least someone that you can count on to be in an MLB rotation every fifth day which is where people don't love Lucas Giolito, but again, it's just that type of a pitcher. You can probably count it. Wade Miley, if he comes a free agent, there's the past experience with David Stearns. He'd fit that billing too. Beyond the, the starters, building out a bullpen that, that doesn't need too much more further explanation. And then it's finding the right couple of free agents that you can add to your position player core that fit and don't get in the way of prospects. Guys that can fill the DH spot, that could potentially grab time at third or corner in the outfield. And I think outfield is the bigger area of need based on this roster. If the Mets can address those things, if they can get their pitchers, if they can get the couple of bats that put the team over the top, if they can build out a bullpen and they get that progression that they're going to need from their young talent, I have complete faith that the New York Mets can compete and have a really fun season next year. But Davis Stearns has his work cut out for him. I'm excited to see what he comes up with. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's edition. Locked on Mets. That'll be all for this week on Locked on Mets. If you're watching on YouTube, I appreciate if you hit that subscribe button. If you want to become a Locked on Mets insider, you can find the link in the episode description or go to subtakes.com slash Locked on Mets. If you want to read my full offseason outlook, you can either go to justbaseball.com or again, find that in the episode description. Follow me on X at Finkelstein Ryan. You can also follow the show. Locked on Mets.